You're listening to Running Around Charlotte, presented by the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon, the Queen City's premier road race experience. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Find out more or register at runcharlotte.com. Now, here are your hosts for Running Around Charlotte, Tim Rhodes and Jeffrey Cooper. We've all heard the saying, a picture is worth a thousand words. Our next guest tells the stories with video and photography. You've seen the Littlefield companies work on the Novant Hill Charlotte Marathon. Now let's talk to the man behind the brand, Duncan Littlefield. Welcome to Running Around Charlotte podcast. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about your background. Were you a professional golfer? I don't know why, uh, I guess I guess maybe you were, a, like what's that have to do with anything? Tell I'm not us sure, but I but I was. You were. I was. <laughs> let's talk right, about let's, it. Let's start. Uh, let's start with that question over, so they can tell us a little bit about your background. I heard you were a professional golfer. I was. I actually, you know, for about six years, I chased a little white, little white golf ball around the country and the world for see how much money I can make and see how far I can take the thing. So um, obviously, didn't make it, or I'd be out on tour right now. But happy to be here. That's great. And did you make any money? <laughs> not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> not enough to stay in it, right? Not enough. You okay. know, definitely held my own, but not so not where I wanted to be. If you had Tiger Woods at number one, what number would you have been at? Just so at the peak of my career, I was about twelve hundredth, twelve or about thirteen hundredth in the world. Okay. Awesome. In the world? It's not bad. It's a pretty no, big world. Yeah. And to be at like the point zero one percent of a community is pretty special, but I still consider myself to be a failure in the game of golf. <laughs> and I'm perfectly okay with that because my yeah. goal was to be the number one player in the world. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So how and why did you transition into video production? So the kind of the medium story of it was when I was playing golf, I wanted to brand myself because I didn't have, I wasn't playing great at the time. And I found that I was every person I talked to, I said I was a professional golfer, but nobody really knew what that meant. And everyone was like, all right, how's Tiger or how's Phil's back? Like, what's the locker room like? And I'm like, you know what? I'm driving my car around the country playing week after week after week on mini tours where if you don't, I mean, you could still make the cut and still make a check, but you could still lose money on the week. And nobody knew that side of it. So I kind of wanted to show the side of like, I'm literally in my Ford Explorer driving around the country. And so I picked up a camera and I started telling my story through uh, social media. And, you know, the goal was to get companies awareness and see if I can get a little bit of sponsor money or even sponsor exemption into tournaments that probably my current, my playing career wouldn't have got me to. And so I started telling my story and then that was it. And that's how I got into content creation. Oh, okay. So the Littlefield Company, and that is the name of your company, and I assume it's named after you, most likely. I fought that for a long time. <laughs> there was a lot of people who kind of steered me in the direction of like, you should have this be the company name. And I'm like, all right, well, I don't really want it, but we left it as company, not creative or studio or anything like that. So we could be an accounting firm one day if mm -hmm. we really want to be. We're go. not going to be an accounting firm. Right. Well, we'll know it's yours no matter what, whatever you're doing. We'll be like, I wonder who that guy is pushing sticks. It's probably him. Yeah, and that's and that's the big thing about it is I didn't want everybody or anybody on my team to ever think they're working for me. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the reason why I didn't want it to be the Littlefield Company is because I wanted, you know, you pick on, you know, the, the very early adopter and Aaron Dodge, and I wanted him to be very, very proud of the work he did at whatever company he was. And, you know, I'm fortunate that, he said Duncan should be should be the last name. And mm -hmm. uh, we made that decision somewhat together. Yeah. How long have you been doing the video production? 
Um, we started, we kind of say our first day was January 1 of 2018. Mm-hmm. So it's been 20 months. Yeah. And, um, you know, 2017, I was still a full-time photographer where we probably did, you know, Ethan and I did probably eight videos in 2017. And last year, I mean, we did, I can't even count how many videos we did. And mm-hmm. this year we'll probably cut upwards of 500 videos for companies this year. And we've definitely seen you do a lot of things. I've been in your office a few times, looked at the screens as much as I could, seen your engineers working on things and design and all of that. So we know you do a little bit of everything, but can you like give us a breakdown? Maybe like, is it mostly sports? Is it mostly office stuff? Like, what is it? It's really anybody with a story. So our kind of everyone asks like, what's the niche, right? And it's not sports, nor is it hospital videos or government videos or like that or even like narrative work. It's really anybody with a story and companies who have a marketing team of one to six people. Because in that ability or in that space, we can make an impact. And we can, it's not running it up ladder after ladder after ladder in a corporate structure because we can't move fast. And as a company, we really want to move fast, especially in 2019, when it comes to content, you have to move fast. So that's kind of our thing where it's like, we're, we're experimenting a lot more into the narrative side but so getting a little more away from the commercial work, but our bread and butter is commercial work. Do you have a, a niche that you especially enjoy? Man, that's a great question. I actually, I don't think I've ever been asked that question. Yeah. Um, and I'm probably not the guy to ask that question to, you know, now as the team's grown is my role is very much the being the CEO and, and supporting people a lot more than actually touching the editing computer or touching the, the camera. And so, you know, I would look to Austin or Taylor or, you know, anybody on the team to say like, Hey, where do you want to go? And that's where I would love to say our niche will be one day. We know what it's like to, to run a race. And I, I think we started working together. Well, I, I, we probably were one of your very first clients, I think. And cause we were been, this is our third year together. I think I don't second year, right? but second. we, but it was like February yeah. of 2018. Yeah. We really sat in the room and first started talking about everything. So what, what's it like to, um, capture one of these on video? I mean, it's obviously, uh, it, it, it for, for marathoners, it's two and a half, three and a half, four and a half, five and a half hours condense that into how do I tell a story and inspire somebody to want to do this? Yeah, I think that's the the right way to phrase that was what's the story? And it's not just the recap or it's not just the pretty video or it's not the pretty photo to go like, hey, I should run this. It's about how to inspire somebody to run a little further. And that's kind of what we've talked a lot about is like, how do we make somebody, if it's either get up off the couch for the first time and run the relay with like their company or to go, you know what, this is going to be my first marathon and I'm going to run Charlotte because I live here and I love it here. And that's the biggest thing is if you can tell someone's story that creates a connection, it'll earn the company or for you guys trust. So that's the biggest thing is we, uh, we talk about this a lot is like our goal is to create trust for you all. So if you can tell a story that creates a connection, we'll build you trust, and then you can have an ask. If that ask is to show up and run the full or to show up and bring five friends and bring the relay or run the relay, that's the best part about it because you've told the story, and I believe that's how to create that connection or to get somebody up and going. And I, I think that's where successful marketing has gone. It's no longer um, print advertising or passive forms of 
just sticking a logo in front of somebody. It's trying to tell a story and create that emotional connection that um, that inspires somebody to want to be part of the community that you're building. Yeah, and that's like, I kind of joke about this all the time, was the best marketing video I ever saw was about three, four years ago, and it arguably changed my life, was a North Face ad. It was a North Face ad for a backpack. It was 57 seconds long. It's actually the backpack right here behind me. It's called mm -hmm. the North Face Access Pack. And it's a video 57 seconds long about a guy riding this or using this backpack for his daily life. And it was him going to work in a coffee shop, him, you know, taking the bike down his New York City apartment and riding down the street. But it didn't say a word. It was all music and it was, excuse me, it was all sound effects. So it didn't say, hey, this backpack is great and it's got 74 zippers and it's waterproof and this and this and this. It actually didn't say any of that. It didn't have words on it. It didn't have graphics on it. It just showed how somebody would use this backpack. And at the end of 57 seconds, I wanted to be that guy. That made me, told me a story of this guy's life, how cool it was, and it made me want to be that guy, and I was going to buy the backpack. The nice part is North Face was a well-known name who I've used the product for a long time, so they got me. Like, well done. But that was the story that made me pre-order a $225 backpack. And it was the first time I've ever bought something like on the spot. Like I've always thought about everything, every buy. This sure. was an immediate like, okay, click the button. Okay, <laughs> send it to me. I don't care when it gets to me, it's coming. Because I want to be that guy. There you go. Right. That's a great story. Yeah, and you've talked about the power of the story and just trying to like capture people's, like all of their imagination and all of that. So if you had to pick that one moment on a race day where this is that most important moment or your favorite moment, maybe not most important, your favorite moment to capture... I know you said you're doing the CEO thing now more and you're not really there on the race day, but if you have Oh, to I'm going to be moment. there on the race day. Oh, he's going to be there on the race day. Oh, okay. yeah. I mean, we... I mean, Right we, answer. Yeah, there we, it is. I mean, this this year, look, looking to cover the race again, I mean, last year we had a crew of eight people to cover that race. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have a very similar crew, a team size this year. So there's there's one photo that has stick, sticks out to me from last year. And it was... I was going to put it in the ballpark. He had to be like a teenager, high schooler college student, you know, late teen, late teens. And he crossed the finish line and it's this big wide shot of the banner, the finish line banner right behind him. And he has his hands over his eyes and his mouth and he is just bawling. And I don't know if it was his first marathon, but from what I remember and from, from what I think I like saw from it, it was very much him and his teammates maybe lost somebody mm -hmm. or him and his teammates went through a hardship and they did it together. And he was like one of the last four. He was, I think it was a group of four or five. He was one of the, like the last elite runners in that group of four or five that crossed the finish line. And how he crossed that finish line, you saw how much it meant to him. Plus you watched his team members embrace him. Like that's the stuff where it's like, you just went through so many miles and hours of work to accomplish one thing and to have it all boiled down into this emotional state of like, holy crap, I just did this. And it meant something. Like that's pretty darn special. And that's the one photo that I will always remember from the Charlotte Marathon of twenty eighteen. I think all those stories are are they're very touching. They're very emotional. And I remember I think it was last year seeing a guy at the start line and um he had uh a handicap with his legs and I I didn't talk to him specifically about what that was, but I did talk to him a little bit about 
how I could help him. He was on crutches and he was on those types oh, of crutches absolutely. that had the the cuffs around your arm. So you could tell he was, you know, two crutches and a step, two crutches and a step. And I talked to him and, and said, which race are you doing? And he said, the half marathon. I said, is there anything I can do to accommodate you and make sure that you get out safely? And, um, but seeing that guy out there, it, it just, it moves you and it, it is a story. And I think most people, um, handicap, not handicap, doesn't matter whatever their background is. I think most people have a story and I, I think most people have an emotional connection to why they run, whether it's, uh, I, I wanted to lose weight or I opened a box at UPS and my manager said that I couldn't do it. <laughs> I wasn't mm -hmm. able to do it. Or, you know, I just, you know, my grandma pushed me to run around the block and set a record. You know, I mean, we all have our own story. And I think it's being able to capture that and, to your point, bring that to life in pictures or video is, that's the talent. It's everything. Like it, it really boils it down to an emotional connection because everyone's been in that person's shoes at some point. And if you can relate to them, it's going to mean a lot more to you. Yeah. We know you won't be running the marathon, but what do you do to stay um, active? Is golf still a part of your life? Do you run? Golf is uh, very much a, I love to say I need an excuse to get on the golf course now because like if I just go out by myself, it turns into work all over again. And my expectations like soar the minute I hit like one good shot and I almost need like a couple of buddies with me or like a business meeting or anything like that to like almost ground me be like, okay, like I know where I am right now. But like if I'm out by myself and I'm like, okay, here we go again. Like I can't miss for the rest of the day. And it's brutal because then I just get in a terrible mood afterwards. Um, but uh, no, I'm a, um, I love CrossFit. I'm in the gym either at five or 6 a.m. every day, pretty much every day. And then from there, I, I run sparingly i run when they build it into a wad or i'm on the <laughs> road and like i just don't feel like going to the gym on my own and i'll just go for a run to explore the city because i think that's one of the greatest ways to see a city like i love every time i go to new york city i ensure that i run the full west side highway every time i don't care what the temperature is like january i'm running the west side highway and i don't Oof. know why Yes, I know. Jeff, you can <laughs> laugh at me. That's totally fine. No, it's fine. I'm from Jersey and I know how cold it gets. I'm like, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that can be pretty cold. It's terrible. But for whatever reason, it's like arguably a tradition of mine now whenever I get in New York City. And I, so I probably run the West Highway at least four times a year. Oh. But so I love running a, running a new city. What's your connection to New York City? So grew up just outside of New York City in uh -huh. Connecticut. Okay. Um, but now we're doing a lot of business there, which is fun. And wow. uh, yeah, I was a part of a startup based out of New York City. So was up there, you know, a couple times, uh, you know, every every year just to check in off sites, all that kind of stuff, because most of the guys were up there. And uh, but yeah, so we're doing a lot up there. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have any exciting projects on the horizon? Yeah. Um, I mean, we got Charlotte Marathon coming up in November. Um, that's fun. But uh, thank you. <laughs> it's, it's just all right. Good answer. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I mean, we, we have a lot of great things on the, we're very, we're very lucky. And I kind of, I joke all the time that I'm one of the luckiest guys that everyone's even going to meet. Um, and I truly do believe that like we have opportunities two years into a business to tell stories that people for people that a don't know how to tell 
B, didn't know they had. And like, that's a really special thing to be trusted with a company's brand and to be trusted as their communication company, truly, because that's what video is and photo is. It's a if you boil us down, we're a communications company. And so to be able to work with companies like Charlotte Marathon, you know, run for your life, but even like the Carolina Hurricanes, like that's a, that's a crazy thought to think about. You know, we get to work with some companies that are really at the top of their, top of their world and we, we don't take that lightly. That's awesome. Yeah. How can our uh, listeners connect with you and learn more about the Littlefield company? I would say social media is a good place. Um, we're um, online at thelittlefield.co. Um, social media, the Littlefield Co. And uh, you know, check us out there. But also you'll see all our videos through Charlotte Marathon and all the other fun stuff that Jeff and the team's going to do. Yeah. And I know Jeff does a lot of uh, stuff directly with some of the projects that we're out on and enjoys hanging out with uh, Dodge and the rest of the gang out there. Yep. Yeah, they're pretty cool. We got good people. Mm -hmm. We're very, I'm very, very lucky, very, very blessed to have great people around us. It's, how, it's fun. How big is your team, by the way? We're at eight full-time. Eight full-time. And we're yeah. about to probably go one more. So right now we're at eight full-time and one part-time, and we'll probably go to nine full-time and one part-time in the next, I would love to say in the next month or two. Um, but yeah, we're we're growing, which is crazy. So the no Novant Health Charlotte Marathon on November 16th is going to be an all-hands-on-deck project. You better believe exactly. it. Be sure All to right. smile when they see you out there. <laughs> All right. Give us a wave. There you go. Very good. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. The Running Around Charlotte podcast is presented by the Novon Health Charlotte Marathon. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Registration for the November 16th Novon Health Charlotte Marathon, Half Marathon, Relay, 5K, and One Mile events is available now at runcharlotte.com. Running Around Charlotte with your host, Tim Rhodes and Jeffrey Cooper, is produced in partnership with Well Run Media and Marketing. Listen for new episodes of Running Around Charlotte, released every week.